Happy New Year and welcome to the Even If podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lowe, and I'm so glad you're here today. So a few years ago, my daughter and I were talking one day, I think it was in December, it was before Christmas, and we were eating lunch at Whataburger. And if you're not from the South, and you don't know Whataburger, you don't understand how amazing their French fries are. Anyways, my daughter and I were talking about New Year's resolutions and goals as we were eating lunch at Whataburger. And one thing led to another. And before I knew it, we had dared each other to go an entire year without eating French fries. Yes, a whole year. And I am, you don't, may not know me very well, but I, if, if, if anything, I am competitive. <laughs> I'm not like that mean competitive girl, but like there is a competitiveness in me that if you dare me to do something, I mean, I will will myself to do something. And so as she and I were talking about, you know, like, okay, well, I can go a year without, you know, eating a French fry, can you go a year without eating French fries? And we kind of, I think we both kind of were like, neither one of us wanted to back down from the other from the dare, you know, like when you're playing chicken. And so we did January first, we both endeavored that year to not eat French fries the entire year. And I'll tell go ahead and I'll fast forward and I'll tell you that we did it. We went the entire year and we did not eat French fries for 365 days. And, you know, we, we, it was fine. We got around, you know, whenever you'd go to Chick-fil-A, oh, Chick-fil-A, it was so hard. You know, those waffle fries, you know, it may be the Lord's chicken, but those are also the Lord's French fries. Oh my gosh. They were, yeah, that was the temptation. So I'd eat fruit or we'd get that kale stuff, that little slaw salad stuff that they make. But whenever we would go to, you know, somewhere that we would just get a different side instead of French fries. Um, and it was a really interesting experience going that whole year without them. But was it enjoyable? No, it was it kind of there were there was a point or two where it just felt like it was a punishment of some sort. But it was also just a an eye opening experience of, you know, can I do this? Yes. Was it meaningful and enjoyable? No, not at all. And going back to that experience makes me wonder and think about what is it about a new year that makes us so gung-ho about setting New Year's resolutions and setting goals? And I'm I'm a goal, like I, I like goals. I think goals have a purpose. Good goals move the needle in your life. So I'm not anti-goals here, okay? But I am anti-goals that don't serve us well or aren't realistic, right? You can set goals anytime you want. But New Year's resolutions, they just hold something. There's like, there's this like fresh page in front of us, this fresh blank slate. And I think for a lot of us, it's hope. Like it's hope that things will be different this year. It's hope that maybe we could leave some things in the past and that we don't have to carry them forward with us into another year. I think that that hope, that that refreshment of having a fresh start, 
I think that appeals to us, especially after the Christmas holidays when there has been often a lot of excess and indulging and none of us are fitting into our skinny jeans right now. And so I think that there's just this place in us that in January, we turn the page and we get to start again. And I know that for many of us, myself included, that that has just held such a breath of fresh air. It's given us that place where we can just, just start over. But here's the problem is that a lot of us start this blank page and we set ourselves up for failure because I don't know about you, but I have set New Year's resolutions in my life that were doomed to fail before I ever started them. Some of us set out to, you know, set the goal of I'm going to work out every day this year, or I'm going to read the Bible in three months or whatever your goal is. I mean, I don't know if you've ever read the Bible the entire way through, but trying to read the Bible in three months is uh, <laughs> is quite a feat. And I don't know how much you would get out of it because you'd just be consuming the words and not necessarily processing all of it. But anyways, so you have these people in these camps, the people who choose goals that are completely unattainable, or they choose things that just get them in over their head and there's no joy there. There's no life there. It's just, I've got to, I got to muscle and grit my way through, um, kind of like, kind of like my daughter and I did with French fries. Could I go an entire year without eating French fries? Well, yes, of course. But was it fun? No, it was not. So I think you kind of have those things. Well, a couple of years ago, and I say a couple of years ago, it's actually probably been, oh, I would say probably 10 or 15 years ago, I changed a little bit of how I approach a new year. Instead of setting goals, which by the way, there is a time and a place for those in measurable and realistic ways. Goal setting is very important if you want to move the needle in your life. But for me at the beginning of a year, I've discovered that instead of goal setting, I start by saying to God, what do you hold next for me? What are you up to in my world? And what do you want me to focus on? And then I wait. And sometimes pretty quickly, I'll sense what he's saying. And sometimes it takes me a little bit to see it. But without fail, he will give me a word or a phrase, or he'll point something out in my life that needs attention. And that's the brilliant thing about God. I love that he does not withhold wisdom. He gives it freely. Anybody who needs wisdom, you just ask him for it and he will give you wisdom. When you ask him what he wants you to work on in your life, when you ask him what he wants you to grow up in, he's willing to show it to you. And I don't know. I just, I love that so much about him. Over the years, I've had an assortment of words and phrases. One year, my word was compassion. And another year, my word was being sober-minded. And then my word last year was priorities. Toward the end of 2021, I sensed the Lord saying to me that some of my priorities were out of line. So in 2022, I 
spent a lot of time examining the places in my life where my priorities needed to be adjusted. I'll be very candid with you. It, it was not, that was not an easy thing to do because when you realize that your priorities are out of whack or out of focus, that requires some, some changes on your part. And it required me to make some difficult decisions, but ultimately it created margin that my life was lacking. I said no to some things. I changed the dynamics surrounding my work life. And I found a deeper sense of joy and peace than I'd experienced in quite a while, y'all. So toward the end of 2022, this, this past year, as I was beginning to, you know, wrap up the year and it had been a busy year, but I'll tell you, my word found me for 2023 before I was even looking for it. (laughs) You might recall a few episodes ago, I shared Hank's story. He lived to be 102. And in many ways, he had a life that was well lived. One of the phrases we touched on during that episode struck a real chord in me. It was bear fruit. Just live a life that bears fruit. And without a lot of fluff or pretense or wrestling, I just, I knew that that was my word this year. Bear fruit. I want a life that bears fruit. I got this image of a man pushing a cart along a busy road. And that cart was, it was like a fruit cart. And he's just pushing that cart along this busy road. And every now and then the people that are, you know, rushing along that road, they bump up against his cart and some of that fruit will fall off of his cart. I want the fruit in my life to spill over like that when someone bumps up against me. More fruit, ripe, good, mature fruit. Not like those rock hard avocados you get at the grocery store that take two weeks to soften. Not, not like those. I want fruit that's useful. I want fruit that benefits others. So that's what, that's what my word is this year. It's, I want to bear fruit. I want to bless other people. I want to grow up in the places where maybe my, the fruit in my life is immature I want that fruit in those places in my life to grow up, to mature into good fruit. Yesterday, a friend of mine and I were texting and, you know, I know she picks a word every year. And I think just about the first of every year, you know, she and I will text each other and go, okay, what, you know, what's your word this year? Well, I texted her yesterday and said, okay, so what's your word this year? And when she texted back, it was just this beautiful imagery of being rooted in grace. And I love that imagery. And it would be very tempting to want to compare my very simple phrase of bear fruit to her beautiful imagery of rooted grace. But we're in two different places in our lives. And so don't stress about, you know, comparing your word to somebody else's. Just be confident in that Whatever it is that you feel like God is asking you to focus on is totally okay. Don't overcomplicate this in your mind. Don't let perfectionism get in the way of starting this. I think when we choose a word 
or we choose a phrase to focus on in the year, it aligns our hearts and it aligns our spirits with what God is doing. I think it gives us the ability to sense where God is leading us, where Christ is moving in us, and it helps us to come alongside what God is doing and be in agreement with what God is doing instead of just trying to make up our own ideas about what we need to be doing with our life. And so if we want to live abundant lives, if we want to live lives that look more like God, I think it's important for us to actually ask God what it is that he wants us to be doing. We've got to get ourselves into a place where we're not working against God or begging God to bless our plans, but that we are coming alongside him and going, hey, I want to participate. Whatever it is you're doing here, God, I want to be part of it. To me, that's all this is. It may look and sound like a different word for all of us, but what if we all started just saying to him, I want to participate in what you're doing today. How might your life change if you set your mind on what he wants to accomplish in you this year? What is that one thing you sense him saying, hey, I want you to participate with me in this this year? For me, it's to bear fruit. He's just asking us to come alongside him It's really that simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can just be a simple word of hope. I want to encourage you to spend some time this week just asking him, just talking to him and saying, hey, God, where are you this year? What do you want me to look at? Maybe this is your first time to choose a word. And some of us kind of get, you know, all up in our mind and, and don't know what word. Um, I'm going to give you permission. If, if you don't have a word this year, there is there is cheating allowed on this test. You, you can copy answers on this one. I have a sneaky feeling that God is totally okay with uh, you and I having the same word. So if you if you need a word and you're not sure how to pick a word, If you want to just decide today that you want to bear more fruit too, I think that's totally fine. I don't think God will mind one bit if we all set our minds on bearing more fruit, right? I can't wait to see what God holds for us this year. I I can't wait to see what he is up to. Next week, we're going to start talking more about bearing fruit. Yeah, you didn't think I was going to talk about bearing fruit and then not talk about what it will look like to bear fruit. And I love how this has come about because when the thought of bearing much fruit came to mind, the thing that came right after it was to share stories on here about what a life that bears fruit looks like. I've done several of the interviews already and am working on the interviews with several others about what life looks like to bear fruit, to bear the fruit of goodness or to bear the fruit of self-control. Well, what does that actually look like? What does that really look like on the day-to-day life of a believer? And I'm so excited about sharing these stories with you. There are some incredible people that just, they look, they look like Jesus. And it doesn't mean that their lives were easy, but 
they just have allowed the fruit of the spirit to grow and mature in them. And I, they're, they're just incredible people. So I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be sharing some of these stories with you. If you're new here and you want to join us, we are on Facebook. It's the Even If Podcast page, and we've got an Instagram handle at Even If Pod. You can also email us if you want to. My email address is info at evenifpodcast.com. And you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on Apple. And I sure would love it if you would click that subscribe button at the top of wherever you listen to this. And just know that as we move into this new year that I adore each of you. I I love hearing how he is alive and active in your life. And I love that we can share those stories here in this place. I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast. It has been an honor to be here with you today. And good Lord willing, I will see you next week.